0: Hello everybody and welcome to your Blood Red podcast with myself Andy Kelly. Uh, we're here to chat obviously about a great result for Liverpool down at Bournemouth yesterday and today I am pleased to say I am joined by our full-time Liverpool reporter both home and away indeed at Bournemouth yesterday, James Pearce. Hi Pearcey. Hello Andy. And also by regular guest and echo writer Christian Walsh. You okay Christian? Hello Andy. No, it's not quite as glamorous as our last podcast. We haven't got Sam Quack with us. We'll have to make do with <laughs> uh, with Piercy today. Um, but Am I not we, as
1: pleasing on the eye? Uh,
0: well, I'm not sure you you know some newer, some Euro stuff to be fair, <laughs> Piercey. You're going to have to uh, might have to up your game. But uh, um, yeah, great result down at Bournemouth. In fact, Christian and I when we were chatting to Sam about the game and looking back at the West Brom game, we were talking about that lack of space and. Um, we surmised that it might be a bit different against Bournemouth in terms of the way they play, yeah. and it and so it turned out it was um, probably just what Liverpool needed, wasn't it?
1: It was, yeah. I mean, I think you'd have to say the way that Bournemouth set up played into Liverpool's hands somewhat, but you know, you've still got to perform to a level, and I, I think in many ways it was almost. I think it was right up there as well as Liverpool have played all season. I think they were just absolutely bang on it from the start. I think even in some of those other games where you think of West Ham away and, and Brighton away, where it actually took them time in those games to, to find their stride and you know, they were quite uncertain. But I thought right from, right from the first whistle down at Bournemouth, they, they just stamped their authority on it. It was almost unrecognisable from that game against West Brom a few days earlier. You know They just moved the ball so much quicker Um, You know, such a much better tempo to their play, so much more fluent where it was so horribly disjointed against West Brom um, and thoroughly, thoroughly dominated. And then, you know, you had that, obviously the burst of goals before half-time effectively killed killed it off. But I think just as impressive was the way in which in the second half they just never gave Bournemouth a, a sniff. I think, you know, obviously you see Ryan Fraser coming on for the second half and you think... Oh, God. You know, that brings back memories of what happened here a year ago. Um, But there was real, like, control and discipline to the way they they set up in the second half. Defended really, really well. Lovren and Clavan, brilliantly at the back. Robertson maintaining his impressive run and then looked so potent on the counter. And in the end, 4-0 actually flattered Bournemouth because probably Ings and Solanke should have each got a goal after they came on. And if it had been six or seven... Um, you know, I, I don't think Bournemouth could have argued with
0: that. Yeah, I mean, Piercy mentions obviously Oxley Chamberlain hit, hit the post, Coutinho hit the post. Uh, there could have been certainly more goals for Liverpool in it. Um, probably, really only the Defoe chance in the first half. Um, well, I thought Minelli did well to come out and narrow the angles on him. Um, but it, it was an all-round good display. And after games, two games where you felt certainly against Everton, that was two points. Liverpool should have had three on that game, and they absolutely dominated. They weren't, they didn't play well against West Brom. You probably could argue that West Brom deserved their point, but it was good to get uh, the way the other games had gone as well. You we felt Liverpool needed to win that game yesterday, didn't they? They needed to win it, and they probably needed to win it well, which they did.
2: It was, it's been about seven days for Liverpool, hasn't it? Prior to this, uh, this Bournemouth result, obviously, the, you look at the league table and. It, it's a very much a case of what if you know if they, if they managed to get four points um or six or whatever they would have been in a much stronger position than, than what they were but the Bournemouth of game was just a little reminder I think to everybody that it's still a very very good football team one of the best in the country for me doesn't really solve anything in the sense of what happens sometimes if they play these sides who play for a point and and you know, if they don't get the early goal, what happens next? But away from home, I think Klopp's just found the absolute perfect formula. Yeah, I think that's the difference as well. I think this side is absolute cast-iron guarantees away from home against these sorts of sides now because just the w- the way they play, the, the the movement, the fluidity, there's that pressure on the home side to to come forward a little bit more. I mean, I've, I thought Bournemouth's tactics were bizarre, to be honest. I think they've watched a template twice in seven days there on how to stop Liverpool. I don't care if you know if, if defending isn't your strong point. You've still gotta. You can't go toe to toe with Liverpool in that sense. Um, but you know that aside, I think that's the first time ever in English history that a side has scored three goals or more. Sorry, won a game by three goals or more away from home in four consecutive games. First time ever in English history, and that just shows the dominance that they're enjoying at the minute on on the road. It's whether he can just find that formula at home because obviously there'll be more draws than than wins at Anfield this season. Um, albeit that they're unbeaten, but away from home at the minute, you wouldn't back against them, against anybody. Certainly not the teams outside of the top six. And that's a that's an important thing for Liverpool because last season everybody was saying, "Oh, Liverpool aren't doing it against the the smaller sides. This is their Achilles' heel." I think they're proven that that wrong. Certainly away from home now, they're absolutely unstoppable.
0: Yeah, Piers. I mean, as someone who travels with the team across the country, across Europe, they Going on your travels is, you know, you've, you've had a few happy journeys home. Um, I'm sure it was last night with Neil Jones in tow. The, um, the that ability of this team to, to take apart teams on the counter attack. Um, and even when teams set up, I mean, Chris Hutton set up defensively for Brighton, didn't he? You yeah. know, he, he managed to frustrate Liverpool for a good bit of the first half. But once a goal, if you, once you get that goal, um, and that's what what sort of obviously didn't happen against West Brom at home. For instance, you don't get that first goal. Yeah, change it doesn't things. open up. And, and um, so so they are built to play away from home, aren't they? Which is why I think they can. You know, I've always thought the season. I've always said I think they'll do damage in Europe because I think they're set up to play well away. Yeah. And European nights at Anfield are different nights than home games normally are at Anfield at the moment in terms of atmosphere and intent and. Sort of just the, the whole, vibe, the vibe yeah. is just completely
1: different, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and I think the balance of the side was was a, was another really important thing yesterday. I think obviously there's been a lot of debate and talk about Klopp's rotation policy, and obviously he got a lot of stick for the players he left out of the derby the week before. But I think I don't think anyone even before it kicked off yesterday could have argued with the team that he, that he picked. I think it was it was spot on in terms of the changes. That he made, I think it made sense to give Mane a breather. You know, he'd he'd said on Friday that he he felt as if the miss in the derby had affected Mane, Um, and I think with Oxley Chamberlain having played as well as he has done recently, made perfect sense to play him, Um, and it it just it just worked an an absolute treat. I mean, obviously we've been spoilt really with with the way that that front three have, have performed um you know repeat, repeatedly this season but you know the, the midfield I felt functioned so much better as a unit um I think Henderson was a massive part of that he's taken a lot of stick this season um some of it very unfair but I think that was I think that was probably his best performance of the season I thought he just where where Emery Chan was having five or six touches against West Brom Henderson was just moving it so much quicker, um, and not just you know. He, sometimes he gets accused of playing the you know the the simple easy pass, and, and it goes sideways and stuff. But he wasn't you know he was he was getting it forward into the the feet of those front three so quickly.
0: It's a lovely ball over the top to Salah, who, the perfect yeah. ball over the top, which got him into really dangerous. Yeah, and he
1: was you know he was involved in everything that was best about Liverpool in that in in that first half and. Um, you know, I know Klopp obviously felt as if there'd been too much of a fuss about Henderson obviously being left out against Sparta at Moscow, but I think I think you'd have to say that, that that's probably benefited him the way that he you know, that the Klopp has take decided to take him out of the firing line a couple of times because he looked so fit and and strong yesterday. Um, and he seems to be playing a bit further forward as well. He didn't seem to be. We didn't see that Jordan Henderson where he's almost sometimes he drops so so deep that you just think you know you're not going to be able to hurt a team when you're playing that deep. But he seemed to be playing ten or fifteen yards further up the field. Um, and you know I think it helped him as well that oxlade Chamberlain was was so good in front of him.
0: Christian, we're seeing oxlade Chamberlain full, fully. I mean, when he came, it was all about, oh, I want to play in centre midfield, and he didn't get a sniff of central midfield for yeah. quite a while. I think we can say, we can see that he can do a job in central midfield, uh, more than a job, because I thought, putting a couple of... I mean, there was the little moment where he, where he does the great tackle on Ibe, gets up, carries the ball and whacks the post with it. I mean, that was just... That was his game in a little sort of like 10-second nutshell there, because he put in quite a few... Decent challenges. He's a robust lad, isn't he? Physically, physical. you know, isn't he? And, and he's got, you know, he he just looks very comfortable in the shirt to me now.
2: He's still only 23, 24. He's he's still a he's still a young player. There's the, there's there's a chance for him to develop. I think I think he's a clock player. I mean, I don't get much right, but I think <laughs> in the summer I was very much an advocate of Liverpool signing Oxley Chamberlain. I was banging that drum when not many other people were were agreeing with me, I just thought that he, he, he could, he just he just looks like the, the, there's room for improvements. I mean me, me and you are obviously big horse racing fans and you know you'd always look about when's the next step up in improvements or the step up in trip, it just felt to me that if he was in a team with players of his ilk and in an environment where he feels wanted and important, it just felt to me as if he could make that step up, he could step up in trip and he's starting to do that now after after the you know a dodgy first few months. I think that was just Jurgen getting him into into the rhythm of Liverpool and the way of life there and and and, and in tune with the way he wants him to play. We saw it with Robertson as well, who we'll move on to as uh, later on. He's he's powerful. He's got a decent shot on him. Decision making sometimes could be a little bit better. I think sometimes he knows what he wants to do, but he doesn't quite know how to get there. But. What, what impresses me, and this is why I think he could be a central midfielder, is, is that because of his experience out wide, he, he he can play that role. He can almost do two roles at once. We, no, a little can, bit like Coutinho, when he plays there as well. He's he's not at that level, of course, but he he's he, central midfield, but then he can drift out wide and, and, and go on to the right-hand side. He's almost two players in one in that sense.
0: Movement is what, what this team needs, isn't it? And it's built around movement. in the midfield. And, there's know. not
2: much pace in that midfield, and there hasn't for... For a long while, I can't remember the last sort of pacey central midfield of Liverpool had. To be honest, but he's he's got that in abundance.
0: I mean, he got he got man of the match from Sky, which I thought was maybe. I, mean, I don't think it was, that was a quite right. Man, it Smith, it was, it? you know, I don't think it was quite right. But I know, you know, there might have been a bit of Arsenal boys vibe in there. But um, he was certainly one of our better players, and uh, he got quite a lot of praise for his actions afterwards in that Man of the Match interview where Coutinho was asked about his future and he sort of steps in and says look it's it's not a very fair question I mean I thought it was slightly overdone that ultimately uh, Coutinho was handling the question pretty well he was given the usual just enjoying the moment enjoying my football type answer Uh, I mean for me I think Oxlade-Chamberlain probably had had those questions for six months at Arsenal (laughs) before he left so was well aware of them and maybe he had a vibe where he, he would have wanted some of the Arsenal to step on on his behalf to save him from a couple of those interviews. I think, and he stepped in. But um, so it's probably overdone. But I, mean, I think, I think for me, uh, purely, what that did show was that you know, Coutinho's was there. You know, he's captain in some games. now, Nourcutinio is the senior player, and the pitch of Henderson doesn't play sometimes or Milner, and and here's a lad who arrived in the summer. Sort of, okay, Coutinho is not your. Massively sort of ostentatious, outgoing type person, is he? But there's obviously Jim, only arriving in the summer and taking control of the situation and, and, and saying, you know, look, you know, it's not really fair to ask him about that. He's, he's a great professional, everything else, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that to me is a sign of someone who's just very comfortable in his skin and comfortable where he's at now in terms of yeah, the good players.
1: I think you're right, yeah. I think it was, yeah, the sign of a man who like, he feels like he belongs at Liverpool now and it. It didn't look didn't look that way for a few months. Um, I must admit, you know, in the summer, unlike Chris, I was, I didn't really see the attraction for i Chamberlain of, of for the money that he was going to cost. Um, well, I mean, with his contract situation, I, I, he was just all whenever I'd seen him play for Arsenal, just ridiculously inconsistent, and you know, it, it never kicked on. Now, you know, Liverpool's argument always was that they just felt you know he needed a change of scenery, and that Klopp believed. You know the the kind of the raw talent was there that if if he could be coached correctly and and the signs at the moment are, are massively promising because yeah over the last probably five six weeks he's he's kicked on so much and and obviously I think I think it was I think it was in Slovenia um, in the Champions League game when Klopp said then that he could only consider him as a wide player because they'd only been able to work with him on that kind of thing now obviously since then. He's been able to spend a lot more time on the training ground with him, and and now clearly trusts him in that central midfield role, which for Oxay Chamberlain was one of the big attractions of of leaving Arsenal and coming to Liverpool. And yeah, I think he's, he, you know, he's proved any people who doubted him he's he's proven them wrong. What I would say about his interview with Sky was that it, it wasn't an unfair question of Sky to say that to Coutinho. It was a it was a very valid question, and. You know, yeah, I think it was not got a problem with what I'll say Chamberlain did because he, you know he was looking out for his mate, who he felt like was obviously not particularly appreciating the questioning. But you know, the, the fact of the matter is, Coutinho, um, you know, very very rarely speaks to any English media now. You know, that was that was a very rare opportunity for for anyone connected with English media to 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 ask him about his future. And I think it would have been a dereliction of duty on the. The, the Sky reporters part if he hadn't asked him about it, so there was nothing unfair about the question. And you know, and I don't think there was anything from the Coutinho said in response to it that will do anything to to quell the speculation. Now, I think yeah. it was it was
2: excellent from from Oxley Chamberlain, of course, in terms of that leadership he showed. Jay's um, right though, in the sense that the question wasn't. There was nothing wrong with the question. It was a good question. It was an inevitable question. I think if, if it would have cut off, yeah.
0: you would have been like, "Well, it was well, his last question." Cool, and he, so you, and he you've, got throw, you've got to
2: throw that one. He in said
0: there. a cheeky. He even said to me a cheeky question yeah, at the end. Yeah, of course.
2: But uh, to, to be fair to Oxley Chamberlain as well, I don't think he was nasty or snide no, to Patrick no, no, Davidson. Totally it was more just a, an arm around the shoulder yeah. where he went. You're looking out for his. Yeah, mate, yeah, exactly. I don't think it certainly wasn't. Um, it wasn't but a, a to do.
0: Well, let's talk Coutinho then. I mean, it was clear from his own answer, which you know, when he was speaking, there was absolutely no suggestion. He was offered the chance of saying, "We, you know, you don't want to leave a team playing like this, do you?" And there was, and he he gave his sort of, you know, he he said, as I always say, you know, I'm enjoying my football, live the moment, blah blah. So, so essentially, there was there was no no suggestion that he would be at Liverpool long term. and I thought more, even more significant was Klopp, who was asked similarly about Coutinho, and uh, in the process, I think he's done this twice recently. In the process of trying not to give an answer, um, for me, he gave a very illuminating answer, which was along the lines of "We've got nothing to say about the transfer window, uh, or about Philippe F- Coutinho's future. You know, he's a lovely player, blah blah blah," and then said, "But well, we'll all we'll all know either in weeks or months." So I mean <laughs> that says to me, well he either goes in January, we'll see, yeah. or he goes at the end of the season. And so I don't think anyone at Liverpool's looking beyond um you know June with having a And for me, it's just it's it's very frustrating and and when you see him play as he did yesterday, it it just it's 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 sad to think that we won't see him for you don't want to write off his Liverpool career, but at this stage you know if we're living in the real world which which you know football fans have to we're looking at the last few months or of Coptails last few weeks which I think would be very odd but probably the last few months of Coutinho in a Liverpool shirt and when you see that you know yesterday was just full of little gems wasn't it you know the first goal brilliant the free kick wonderful Um thing I want to say about the free kick actually um it was interesting. and I think this was a byproduct of what happened at Brighton, in that that wall doesn't jump because they know we can just stick it under it, yeah, yeah. And so that so they stay down, and then he's able to get it up and over. Okay, he, he also took the free kick slightly too wide off them, didn't he? But it's interesting the way when you do something as ridiculous as he did against Brighton and last season at West Ham or whatever it was, that can change the way other games then work out for you. And to me, Christian, it's just it's frustrating that just when we get these players together and they look like they could do anything even with manny sort of slightly out of form and not playing yesterday but you know it, we will I, I actually don't think we realize how much we love watching them you know that, that layoff when clavan fires the ball into midfield for the first goal and he lays it off to robertson i mean that's that was just class wasn't it and from then on those two combined wonderfully to for the goal. Look at
2: that! Look at that opportunity that wasn't scored by Salah. That that through ball. Oh, the one-two! The, the, the dink, oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. sumptuous. Yeah. I mean, you say you say football fans have to live in the real world. I I, I don't necessarily agree with that. They, <laughs> you know, the, 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 any sort of football fan can can live in a fantasy land. It's the football clubs who have to live in the real world. And I think so. I'm not delusional as you see there before. Liverpool, know he's off. And, and and they have to prepare for that. They can't do what happened when Luis Suarez went, and they ended up sc- scrambling around because Sanchez didn't want to go and he wanted to go to Arsenal. And Lovre Krejci failed the medical, and all of a sudden you've got Mario Balotelli. It's it's in a way it's good that the club are talking like this, even unintentionally, in terms of it. Klopp in press conferences because it shows that the process has already begun, perhaps to to replace him. Whether that's with Kater or or other players, but you know there's no point Liverpool sitting around getting to June. Getting a 130 million pound bid from Barcelona, accepting it, and then going now what? Yeah. So ultimately, it's good in a way that Liverpool and you know from what Klopp's saying is is almost sort of accepted. They and live are living in the real world. Until then, you know Liverpool fans have just got to enjoy him. And I know that the, it's right what you say. It's it, it, it's a massive shame. You think about Suarez, of course. You almost think about Sterling in a way. You look at what he's becoming at Manchester City. Torres, I know we had that little dip. Uh, Mascherano, Alonso. Ultimately. This is Liverpool's place in the football food chain at the moment and, and until they start winning trophies I, I don't see how it's going to change because it'll happen with Coutinho this summer it'll probably happen with Salah the summer after until Liverpool start becoming a, a genuine challenger at the top end for, for the big trophies I don't see how this cycle ever breaks because ultimately they pick up these really good players with with scout with excellent scouting scouting team get a lot of stick a lot of the time but they've picked up some absolutely, absolute gems over the past decade for, for decent fees as well. You, know, you look at at 36.9 million. You look at Suarez, who was 22.8 million. Uh, Coutinho was 8.5 million. They picked up these gems. It's inevitable that they're going to be offered, Liverpool are going to be offered transfer fees of five, six times that amount for certain players. It's hard for any club in world football to turn that down. And ultimately, if you're not Real Madrid and if you're not Barcelona and probably now Manchester City, if you're not one of those three teams, I I don't see how how you can really deny these players for too long going elsewhere because I mean even Man United did it with Ronaldo it, it happens
0: yeah James I mean Christian mentions Cater sort of he sort of replaces they're not going to go and find another Coutinho are they? it's no. virtually impossible it's it's going to be have to be using that money to piece together a, you know a, a a squad with enough new quality in it that that can make up for the loss of him. Um and I mean my worry is that that whole axis of him and Firmino where they, they love playing so much together and they they buzz off each other, aren't they? They're so friends off off yeah. the field. That you know, Firmino's you know, been in excellent form, hasn't he? I think he's up to thirteen goals now with his goal yesterday, wasn't yeah. it? Albeit it was, you know, it's his best but, season but Best yeah, season for the club he's, now He's gone up by He's already one ahead of yeah. the best And obviously more to come You would think Um well, How do you view Coutinho? Because I, I have this vibe That we I really do think that We will not truly appreciate him And I know he's Vastly appreciated But I do think we actually Won't realise how good he Just is good Until he's is. not there
1: yeah. yeah Yeah I think I think you're right I think I mean I, I think Everyone knows, don't they, that deep down that this will be his last season at Liverpool. You know, barring an absolute miracle. Um, what what I don't quite understand is, is, I just think, obviously, the club's rhetoric has definitely changed since since last summer. There's no no doubt about that. When you know the owners made that public statement, and Klopp, I remember him telling me in Hong Kong, you know, you cannot put a price on Philip Coutinho this summer. You know, it will not be happening. It was it was so definitive, and then now whenever he's asked about it, um, you know, he, he, what was it you said? You know, I'm, I'm neither sure or 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 unsure. Yesterday or, it was I'm not he, going to make any negative po- comment or positive <laughs> comment. Yeah. So you know, it has it has shifted. I don't I don't really understand why he doesn't just you know, I I, I think Liverpool would be absolutely crazy to even think about selling them in January. W- like why why just don't understand why you would do it? I think. You know, Of course Barcelona will uh, fully expect them to chance their arm and, and try and get him in January. Uh, and of course I think Coutinho would want to go in January despite the fact that he would, couldn't play in the Champions League for Barcelona. But Liverpool would be stupid to even think about selling them in January. I just mm-hmm. think why, especially when we talk about now you know, the position they're in, last 16 of the Champions League, real battle on their hands to get a top-four finish... You can't. You, I don't care what Barcelona offer. It, it it shouldn't be. No figure should be enough to convince them to sell Coutinho in January. And I just think if they could, if they just came out and said, you know, if he if Klopp had said yesterday, well, it's not an issue for the January window because we're certainly not going to be losing anyone that we want to keep in January. I just think, you know, okay, you, you can't control all the speculation, but that does draw a line under it. But by not saying that, it does it does just kind of rumble on. I think. You know, last summer, the big thing, from Liverpool's perspective, was about the timing of it, because they felt that, you know, by, it was like August, really, before Barcelona started offering anything resembling his, his, his value, and they said, well, it's, it's too late. It's it's too late. It season, was the season, wasn't it? The transfer request yeah. was eve of the season. Yeah, so it was, you know, it was, that was, it was telling, really, that it wasn't like, he is not for sale, it was like, he's not for sale now, because we wouldn't be able to use the money wisely to reinvest, and... That you know, that's why I think in the summer it will happen. But if the timing was wrong last summer, the timing is a hundred percent wrong in January.
0: Totally. I mean, I, I think not alone this team as it sort of stands with with maybe an addition or two in January. To go into that last sixteen tie with a massive chance of getting to the quarterfinals of the European Cup, and anything you know, can and then anything can happen. This team, know, you know, this club knows more than anybody that anything can happen. And yeah, they're outsiders to win it, but they can win it. There's not a team there that Liverpool, on their best, on their day, couldn't beat. This is knockout football. Now they could also lose to Porto. That's what, that's yeah. what we know about this team. They can lose that last sixteen tie because we know they're fallible and um, that's that. that's sort of the excitement about him but that's sort of the bit that we need to get rid of isn't it it'd
2: be absolutely ludicrous if they sold him in January the only way I would have ever have envisioned it and this won't happen um, and club said this himself is if they sold Coutinho and brought in Van Dijk and Keita and essentially started to build their team for the coming season the 2018-19 season so you have a half season of them already settled in, already bedded in, and then you you're making new adjustments and your, your new uh, acquisitions in the summer. But the, I mean, Klopp, Klopp, Klopp told you, didn't he? That the, the whole case of thing isn't, isn't happening. It's, yeah, uh, it's not. Leipzig aren't going to do that. The whole Van Dijk thing to me, just I mean, City and Chelsea have suddenly seemingly re-entered the race, and he's been dropped by Southampton because he's been so poor. There's just no, there's no scenario for me unless it's a 200 million pound bid that beats the Neymar deal, and even then you've got to say, well, what's 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 200 million when you've got the uh, a chance for Champions League and you've got the top four to come, which would solidify that would Liverpool getting top four this season would solidify them once more as a Champions League team. For me, at the moment, they're just one of those teams who pop their head in and they might pop their head back out a bit, like you feel and Tina into Milan for a couple of years, that type of team another top four finish and, and they are Champions League regulars for me that's all you need there's two seasons in it yeah. it's huge for Liverpool and they, they, they just can't sell them yeah. in
0: and January the, you mentioned Van Dijk I mean we're, we're well on it here but I think what, what we've seen from Southampton at the moment is that he d- it looks like he definitely will go somewhere in January he's just been dropped because the Pellegrino said he was going to drop those players he didn't think were at, Heads it, were at, the club uh, were at it 100% yeah. Van Dijk was straight out he hasn't been great he wasn't great at Anfield the the game before that where they got beat was it was it Leicester who went and beat or was that it one, was it was Leicester and Van Dijk was I mean they conceded four that day I think and Van he was doing that thing that I like that he does where he's pointing at players <laughs> telling them where to go but didn't see a challenge from him and yeah, yeah he, he, he
2: forgot he, to, he forgot to deal with his striker because he was
0: too busy pointing that worries me a little bit about his mentality a, a wee bit and you know obviously there's a lot of talk that City are of, you know I'm really keen to go and get him we'll see but um, I've always felt Liverpool will still have a big chance of him in January so we'll, we'll see how that one plays out but also with
2: Coutinho there's no net gain if you see what I yeah. mean you know, there is no net gain whatsoever no matter how much you try and replace him or what, what pros and cons you draw up the con of losing Coutinho in, in Liverpool's most important four or five months of the season will not be outweighed
0: by any pros no. whatsoever yeah. well let's let's park Coutinho and move on to more good news Mo Salah I mean uh, 20 goals up on the... What was it yesterday? 17th of December, was it? On the 17th of December. Yeah. Um, Basically, 20 goals in 26 games. Could have had a couple more yesterday, couldn't he? I mean, that Begovic save whenever from that one-two we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, on the volley, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's done well. The keeper's come out and smother it. But all the players involved did everything perfectly in that move. It was it really annoyed with the keeper for saving, that, actually, because it was a brilliant <laughs> goal and that didn't ever happen. So, yeah, he, I mean... You have to go back to George Allen in the nineteenth century. Your verdict told me to to for a player who'd got to twenty goals in quite as few games as him, and that was equal storage
1: yeah, equal with storage yeah twenty in twenty six games, which is just extraordinary that for a for a winger um you know, especially a winger that people were asking questions about when Liverpool shelled out that club record fee for him. Um, you know, someone who hadn't cut it in the Premier League previously to to arrive and have the kind of impact he's had—it's just you, know, you kind of run out of superlatives to to describe him. Really, um, you, know, I, I, you know, him against Charlie Daniels yesterday was, was was painful to watch at times. Just how one-sided that battle was, and it was the, the thing with Salah now is it's almost like as a defender you know what he's going to do, but you're still absolutely powerless to to stop him um you know he could have he could have had a couple before he actually scored very similar ones again a bit like the one he scored against Everton you know cutting in off that right you know skipping past a couple of challenges and then trying to bend it in with his left um yeah just just an an, an, an extraordinary achievement and you know you know the first liverpool player to get 20 in a season since that title challenging season when Sturridge and suarez did it in 2013 14 and if he continues going like this you know you, you, you think you know he what 30 35 you know it's it's certainly not going to be he stays be, fit it's not going to be it's so. not going to be beyond him is it and you know i think what helps him as well is the fact that it's not like opponent like it well, you know liverpool are so far away from being a one man team that you know opponents can't just go well we're going to have to double up on Salah, because if you do that then coutinho and Firmino and, and mané when he, when when he's around you know they they'll hurt you um yeah, he was just just a, a very very special footballer, and you know, I know it's it seems ridiculous to say it because the amount of money that they did shed out for him, but when you look at what an inflated market it was to, to you know to, to secure that kind of talent for thirty six point nine million pounds was was an absolute bargain.
0: Christian, I mean, the frustrating thing is that people are already trying to link him with moves <laughs> away. It was really when really he signed a five, five five year five away. year deal. I mean. You know, football's a bizarre business, but I think we can safely say I would hope that Liverpool won't be selling Mo Salah for the next. Not um, in January. Not certainly not in January. <laughs> certainly not in the summer. You wouldn't think with such a long contract ahead of him. Okay, I suppose we're looking at a scenario where Coutinho signed a five year deal in January, was yeah. it? So that maybe doesn't say much. But on the other hand, he's been here for quite a while. I mean, the Fab Four, whether Klopp likes the tag or not, brought up 50 goals on Sunday as well it's just to make uh, Pearce's point that you can't really concentrate just on Salah there's others um, I think I meant to check this up. but I saw that he, he's brought up this, he's now on the same number of goals as Sadio Mane yeah having given no, him a year's start true. which is which is incredible Really, when you think what an impact Mane had yeah, of course yeah. we know we missed him in January he got injured from the end of the season 20 games we? fewer 20 games yeah. fewer yeah um, and we shouldn't. You know, Mané is still a great player, and will come back into top form again. Um, and then you've you've got Firmino, and obviously we've talked a lot about Coutinho, but um, Salaz almost, you know, taken the, the, the sort of the challenge laid down by Mane in terms of impact last season, just moved it two or three stages on. Would you say? I mean, he is oh, he's, phenomenal. He's, he's elite. Yeah.
2: Liverpool have got an elite footballer on the hands, and and I, I think a twenty six game period is enough to, to not write it off as a as a purple patch or a bit of form. I think he's just an elite footballer at, at the top of his game. He's he's brilliant to watch. He's he, it's like watching Ian Robin, but just slightly more robust and a little bit less diving. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, he, he's the, the best thing about a player. I think sometimes is that you know what they're going to do, and there's absolutely and nothing that the opposition could do to stop it. And that's what that's what is all about now. He picks up that ball for that goal against Bournemouth, picks up that ball, and you could have picked, you could have played it in your mind what he's going to do. He's going to show Daniels on the inside, go on the outside, on the inside, and Ben one to the far corner, and he did mm-hmm. that. But there was absolutely nothing anyone from Bournemouth can do. Same with the Everton game. All right, that was a fantastic goal, but you know, it's just that these goals keep on happening, and and and. It, it, he's unstoppable, like quite literally unstoppable, could have had a couple more so-called that beautiful little uh, chip from Coutinho which imagine, aesthetically imagine if he lashed onto the roof of the net oh, just beautiful, like, it? would have been the goal the season and I just, I, I did a few um, stats on him as well this uh, this morning um, for a few from Twisted as well so thank you for them um, but you know I've, I've got a few here in terms of Eden Hazard. Never scored the 20 goal season in England. Wow. And he's already on 20, so. Uh, what else? Um, he scored 20 goals for Baal during his time in Switzerland, um, but it took him 53 games fewer at Liverpool to reach that tally. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, I like this one actually, and I think this also showed what player he is. 20 goals, but he's been assisted by 11 different players, which to me says that he's popping up absolutely everywhere on the pitch and he is scoring different types of goals. Manny leads the way in terms of setting them up with three, and then there's Firmino, Coutinho, and Oxley Chamberlain with two. Then after that, you've got players like Milner, Henderson, Gomez, Moreno, Chan, Wijnaldum. Everybody's it, looking ev- for everybody, him. Aren't they? That, exactly, everybody's looking for him, and he's popping up at different parts of the pitch. You think about <laughs> his Burnley goal; he's picking the ball up on the edge of the area, 18 yards out from Chan, turning and slotting one under under Nick Pope. Think about the one yesterday; he's picking it up on the right hand side. You think about the Everton goal; he's picked it up just a short ball out wide from from Joe Gomez. It's just, he's just scoring. the The Leicester goal, obviously, that was from Casemiro, but that's a that's a different goal in in its rights all altogether. So it's just an un- unbelievable. He's a phenomenon at the moment. He really is. He's uh, he's got the entire weight of a of a nation on his shoulders in the summer as well, and he doesn't seem to be bothered by that whatsoever. Uh, I must say, he's eighty to one to be top goal scorer of the World Cup, and I wouldn't wouldn't. Put anyone off backing a couple of quid on that yeah. as well because it's just the way he's playing at the moment. He's the main man, and he's you know long may it continue because he is just a, as I say, he's a phenomenon at the minute.
0: Yeah, little aside, some of our journalist pals in Egypt uh, contacted me over the weekend to suggest that uh, the Egyptian FA had said that Salah uh, will be going to the African Player of the Year Awards on January the fourth. Apparently, getting a private jet with Sadio Mani to them. Um, that's Thursday, January the fourth. The Derby FA Cup game is Friday, January the fifth. Um, so we haven't heard anything from Liverpool to confirm that that's likely to happen. Um, I'm sure they'd both like to be there. I would have thought Salah would be the favourite for that. Um, so because um, he got he got he got an award the other day, didn't he? He got an African Footballer of the Year. The BBC what? one. The yeah. BBC one. So I think this is the the Federation's yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know. I have I have slight worries about that journey. I think it's an almost a ten thousand mile round journey. The day before, a I'm big sorry. If, if Mo
2: Farah in London has to pick up his Sports Personality of the Year award via satellite.
0: Which didn't Liverpool. work in the end. Which didn't work. No.
2: <laughs> then surely they can put yeah. they can put Manny and and, and in a nice plush well, Melwood room and and do it via video link. Yeah. We'll surely. try. We'll try and get yeah. some confirmation. I'd be, I'd be
0: amazed on that.
1: if club club would would sanction that.
0: Yeah, I I, I would be, but. All I can say is Our friends in Egypt Tend to to know What's happening With Mo Salah And uh, um, We will try and find out Some definitive From the club for people Um, We'll probably just Leave that there For now What happens
2: if there's A snowstorm in Ghana
0: On the day (laughs) Unlikely I would have thought Christian (laughs) But we'll see Um, Other stuff Let's talk about The defence hey Um, Eddie Howe Spoke about Liverpool's Defensive solidity We haven't heard that From many (laughs) uh, managers um, After games um, I wanted to pick out uh, A couple of thoughts um, Lovering, I think responded well To what happened against Everton um, We know he's got a mistake in him Loverin. Um he did, he did a great challenge On um, King didn't he That was giving us a foul Where he, he didn't need to dive in I didn't think yeah, I think yeah, yeah. the free kick was given because he went off his feet Yeah, Completely took the ball It was a brilliant tackle it was a brilliant tackle maybe three or four years ago. I don't think in modern football you get away with sort of jumping in for that sort of a tackle. But he didn't need to do it and that was a slight sign of the old lover and he just needed to shepherd him into the corner. That's all that was needed in that case. So there was still a sign that he's got that impetuousness in him even though he did it absolutely perfectly and it wasn't a foul probably. Um, but you know, there was a certain element of bravery involved in the goal I thought throwing his head in among at least a couple of boots. Um I thought actually on the day when he'd given the penalty away against Everton he, he came forward and was clearly looking to try and make up for it so he'd he's got himself a goal did well, thought Clavan was solid alongside him um, Joe Gomez, even though I thought Trent was probably one of our better players against West Brom Joe put in a tremendous cross that somebody should have just stuck a foot on um, at one point he just gives you that solidity and then the man I want to talk about was Robertson because Klopp was... Very pleased with him. I think Jonesy asked him about him in the presser, didn't he? Yeah. And because um, he's he's someone who even more than Oxford Chamberlain has had to wait his chance. He, he was so missing that we were all starting to wonder what was wrong with him uh, in terms of how Klopp was viewing him. Yeah. Um, but he got his chance against Brighton, didn't he? And obviously the injury in Moreno has meant he's got a few more chances in. very involved in the first goal, but very. Just very good performance.
1: Yeah, he's he certainly grasped his chance. I think um, you know, it was a really tough start for him at Liverpool. I think Klopp has spoken a few times about the fact that he didn't think he was ready when he when he came in. He, I think he, obviously he missed the start of preseason, didn't he? The deal didn't go through in time. He wasn't on the tour in Hong Kong in the summer, um, and then you know I think I think I think I was, I was over in Bavaria for that training camp in I think you could see even then that Robertson it was a bit of an eye opener for him in terms of the intensity of the, the training and and just the 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 standards you know making you know having, having started off doing pre-season with with Hull in the championship um and you know Klopp because of Moreno's kind of uh, transformation he didn't have to he didn't have to turn to Robertson too early in the season and I think he felt that he he just needed that time to work on things and you know, it's it's worked out perfectly, really, because you know, Robertson probably was wondering, you know, when is my chance going to come? Because for a long time, Moreno was kind of like the one player, wasn't he? He didn't seem to get rotated. I think he started 13 in a row in all comps. Um, but obviously, the injury to Moreno has has opened the door, and you know, he, he's shown that he's he's ready, and he's a really nice nice lad, Robert. Robertson and yeah, just really pleasing to see him doing that well. I thought he did he did brilliantly, especially for the first goal. Um, you know, obviously um, majestic individual effort from Coutinho, but that run that Robertson made did help you know, open up that space for Coutinho. And yeah, I, I mean, similar to Oxlade Chamberlain, really in terms of you know after a slow start. And and people kind of wondering, hang on, what have Liverpool done here? You know, what was the point in signing this player if he's not going to get get a look in? Well, now you know he lo- he looks every inch the part.
0: Yeah, I mean, Christian, I'd like to see him be a player who can get into the box because uh, he's got that little bit of pace. He can go past the player as well. Um, I'd like to see him be a player who can get into a box and, and start maybe scoring a couple of goals you know if you look at the goals like someone like an Alonso scores for Chelsea I know they play three at the back a lot of times he's playing wing back or whatever but I um, think Robertson can be someone that when he gets more confident where he doesn't feel like I'm in a good position I've got to pass it now to somebody we can actually fake the pass beat another man himself and have a dig or whatever I could see him becoming someone who could score us a couple of goals yeah um, you know, at, 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 at a point, um, but it's not what we need him for. We need him to be a decent left back, and he's he's certainly showing the sort of, giving the side the width and the balance down that left side that Moreno, to be fair to him, was was showing as well when he was fit.
2: Yeah, I mean both of them. I thought Moreno had a good season. I thought that was Robertson's best game by a fire distance yesterday. I think, as Jay said, in terms of the 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 run for Coutinho, it's one of those for the statisticians. It doesn't go down as an assist, does it? I don't know who gets the assist there, who makes the final pass, but Robertson deserves a, a, a tick on the assist, a assist list as much as anyone because without that run, Coutinho doesn't have that space opening up for him. You, what you got to remember with him is that he's he's been through a, a massive transformation in the in the past six months in terms of you know personally. I think he just had a baby. came dad he, for the first time, came yeah. down for the first time. He's moving from Hull to Liverpool. That's no disrespect to Hull, but. You know that that's a big step. That's not going. That's not even going from Southampton to Liverpool. It's or the full, it's it,
0: the full it, length of the M62 move. aren't <laughs> <that, isn't> it? <laughs>
2: it's, 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 it's you know the Humber Bridge and all that. Yeah. It's it it's it's a big difference be to, to being a side that traditionally a, a massive struggle. Is not even never never really been in a team which are floating towards mid table obscurity. It's just he's he's always been in that team that are battling against relegation in the Premier League. Uh, and then to move to Liverpool is it, it, it is a big thing. And, and then obviously the difference in. In styles of play, also bear in mind at Hull, he went from Mike Phelan one year um, Marco Silva took over Mike Phelan they had a couple of other managers before that no consistency, no rhyme or reason no chance for and- Andy Robertson to figure out what sort of left back he is or what's required of him so he's come to Liverpool now with Jurgen Klopp and again a bit like Oxley chamberlain Klopp's obviously and his-, and his coaching staff have had time on the pitch at Melwood trying to Teach him and, and figure out exactly what type of left back he is and where his strengths are, where his weaknesses are. And as you say, what we're seeing now is a. At I the minute, mean, I'd say he's solid. I think that's a good description for him. He's, he's a solid player. You can rely upon them. I do think maybe in the past two games at home, I mean, did he do enough in terms of on the front foot? And is that only why Liverpool? He scored one goal. You know, did he do enough in, in an attacking sense? Maybe not. But again, that's because he's he's learning and. I think if he carries on with this this little run of the team, although it was a, a, a big blow to lose Moreno, I think long term it might help Liverpool because it's given Robertson this opportunity to have a run. And on such you know, moments of misfortune, the, the season's hinge. And I can see a, a situation where Moreno comes back, but then finds it really hard to get back into the team because Robertson is is doing so well. I think he's. I think all he's got to do now, I think, is the main thing for him to to focus on because I think he's good defensively. I think he maybe he's a little bit too hoody the possession sometimes. He sometimes just tries to put it down the touchline rather than take a moment and pass it back inside to the defender or whatnot. But I think the m- one thing he's got to do now is just focus on when's the right time to whip those balls in and when's the right time to to sort of become part of the intricate play. I think once he nails that I think they've got a real decent left back on their hands
0: Yeah I mean I think yesterday he will have looked at yesterday's game and thought you know what a year ago I'm on the wrong end of this result I'm, I'm the player in that I know he wasn't but I'm the player in that sort of team of Bournemouth who gets beat 4-0 by, by a team like Liverpool and now I'm in this Liverpool team and I think he'll be thinking to himself you know what it's, it's, it's so much nicer being <laughs> in, in this team than that team it's a bit easier. so I just think he'll be and he seems like a lad who's got his head screwed on and said all the right things and you know wasn't you know he said he was disappointed not to play and all that sort of stuff which I was glad to hear to be honest and I think he doesn't look a world beater to me but he looks like a player who can be a very good part of of a of a squad that can do things so um, hopefully um, he'll continue progressing um, so a great result yesterday I just wanted to I wonder. At half time, Bournemouth were. I think the draw was eighty ninety to one, <laughs> and Bournemouth to win the game were five hundred to one. And Christian will testify to the fact I had a couple of pounds on both <laughs> those results, uh, only as a sort of, only as a. I can't face another one of these going wrong, and if it if it's um, if it's going to go wrong, I'm going to have a a merry Bahamas, Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be you know, because. And this is what the one thing we didn't know yesterday. And obviously, it was good that it didn't happen. But if at two or three 0 up, if Defoe's chance goes in, or at three nil up, if they if they get if they get one back, say when Fre- Fraser put one into the side net, and didn't he from yeah. a nice flick from Defoe, I think it was. Um, what what happens in that game if 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 they get one back and and start coming at us again and. and you know, it was good that we didn't need to find that out, but that—that's the bit of this team that I'm still—I'm that at three nil, at three nil at half time, I still wasn't absolutely certain that Liverpool would win the game, and I think I still think without wishing to, you can't dwell on this in a day when they've won four nil and played very well, and the defence has played well, but those moments in games when um, Liverpool go from dominating a game to something negative happens, a goal for the opposition or whatever, and there's a comeback on and the momentum in the game switches, that's that's the moment when I'm still not sure about how this Liverpool team will respond. And I think if I'm thinking that as a as a supporter, then I very much think opposition are thinking it in terms of we can still get them. And those are the moments where I think the likes of Henderson need to come to the come to the party more because I think what sometimes we've seen from, from Henderson is that his play speeds up in terms of clearing balls he just gets it away Klopp's described it as we stopped playing in Seville and I think that's that's a bit the test that the team still has to overcome in those situations didn't need to yesterday and all great but still in the little back of my mind that the, they've got that in them To be
2: fair though West Ham away they go to 2-1 and go down the other end and score straight away
0: They did that we did a 3-1 We didn't get the chance to see how that would have unfolded at mm. West Ham because Oxlade-Chamberlain went mm. down and scored the goal at the other end, didn't he? And um, I only throw that out there as a sort of, uh, just to be, you know, just to say that it's in my mind still. And I think it's still in a lot of fans' minds that they have still got that that concern that they can, you know, they can do an, an England Ashes mid <laughs> mid innings claps in them. And I think I think that when when they're able to quell one of those, I think. I'll feel the team's grown a bit like again it's
2: a bit like a Chelsea away sort of last season the 2-0 up Diego Costa scores and
0: they saw it out didn't they they it out and yeah. they hold on. And, uh, on on
2: the other hand though I mean something when we were talking about earlier it, it popped into my mind what what Liverpool do do very well especially away from home is they, they kill a game straight away in terms of they score one and they score a number very very quickly afterwards so you think about Bournemouth there they scored they scored two in pretty quick succession he made a 2-0 after half an hour or whatever uh, Brighton obviously they scored within what, a minute of the restart to make yeah. it two, 1-0, 2-0 think about Watford on the opening day they made it 2-2 and then 3-2 pretty much straight after, Stoke, Salah came on and it was bang bang, 2-0 3-0, West Ham you know, it, they, they scored, I think they scored the first then a couple of minutes later Matip got the second what they do do is that when the tails are up and the momentum is with them they can profit on that a, a fair bit they go one nil up and they you pretty much can go to 0 straight away. That that's a real good yeah. quality to have.
0: Just got to do it on the other end. Now when when Bournemouth were trying to put some pressure on, you could tell that when they were moving the ball round the back, there was a there's a real fear that if we lose this ball, it's going to absolutely cost us a goal. And uh, you know, overall, I thought you know very very good performance. Um, anything else to discuss? Um, it's been it's it's been the season. Uh, Where Everton have cancelled their Christmas party, but Liverpool had theirs. Jay last night, Uh, some fine sights, I think. Um, I'm not quite sure what's going on in Roberto Firmino's (laughs) uh, head, but I mean, he is, yeah, he's an individual. He is, he is an individual, and uh, his hair. I mean, I'm not sure if he scored the goal with his head or his hair yesterday, because you know he's got this new, you know, straight up barnet almost, isn't it? It's um, but. Yeah, I mean they, they Klopp he's always very keen, Klopp, isn't it? What that they, they have these events to build to yeah, Team Spur and Watford, wasn't it? Yeah, one,
1: yeah. T- yeah, two yeah, two years ago, wasn't it, after they lost At Watford and I think most of the players then thought that it was going to get cancelled because obviously they were so appalling that day. And, and and Klopp sent them all a text message to say, you know, that the party's going ahead, you know, and and uh and everyone everyone I think he said everyone had to stay till at least one or something. That time, I think since then it's been happier times. I think last year they had their party after the the derby at Goodison, so everyone was in good spirits for that one. And then uh, and then obviously worked out perfectly on Sunday with with that emphatic win. Short flight back up north, and then over to to Formby Hall. So um, so yeah, they're not they're not having a. I like the way Clock makes sure it is taxi fares the yeah. not not too much. Just yeah, just round the corner <laughs> from his gaff. Um, but yeah, that was that was like what they call the Melwood Christmas party. So you know, players and their families and all the staff from Melwood, uh, and their and their partners as well. Um, so uh, so yeah, some interesting pictures on on social media. Of I think you're right. I think, Firmino stole the show with his uh, with his choice of outfit: band blue bandana, white trousers, um, some mad purple John Lennon type glasses on. Um, and like a really tight little blue blazer as well it was do you know what though I I, I saw him in the zoo that,
2: that won't surprise you will it um, <laughs> but I, I saw him in the zoo on one of my, on my, on my little trips a couple of months ago and he was pretty much wearing that anyway you know? he was walking around the Jaguar house dressed, dressed like he was at Liverpool's Christmas party he just he's it's you style. do wonder
1: don't you if he'd, if, if he'd been around 20, 30 years ago walking into like a dressing room then the <laughs> With with the gear that he's got on, what what do um, like? I
2: don't know if it was I don't know if anyone would have had a drink, but you know we know that obviously Jordan Henderson he's he's t but I've never seen anyone have so much fun at parties. I don't know I don't know if it's J2O What's in his J2O But he's
0: absolutely He he looks so happy On all of his pictures Well I I can report There were no Bandanas on show At the Echo Sport Christmas party On Friday night Um, And it was uh, Yeah Everyone was very well behaved But uh, um, Anyway listen I think that'll do us Um, Great result for Liverpool To start um, The week Uh, We go to Arsenal On Friday Which will be another challenge uh, You know All together to go into the Vitality but we'll be back on Thursday uh, to talk about that Uh, until then uh, stay safe uh, get by in your prezzies and uh, thanks for listening we'll see you then cheerio